Hey mom, first things first, thank you. It's my one year anniversary of my decision to say, yes, I need help, and yes, I choose me. And that's the miracle. I'm lucky that the strongest person I know is my own mother. Love you, mom. Maxwell. Be that strong person who makes the difference. If your loved one is struggling with drugs and alcohol, reach out to Karen for a different kind of addiction treatment. Visit caron.org slash lost. Is America's primary system working? Is the Electoral College still the best process for electing a president? Could a third-party candidate ever be successful? In a new season of You Might Be Right, former Tennessee governors Bill Haslam and Phil Bredesen gather the country's top experts to explore these issues and more as we approach the 2024 presidential election. Listen to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee, available now wherever you get your podcasts. Let the word go forth. Fool me once. Are you fired up? I'm not a crook. Are you ready to go? Shame on, shame on you. It's Abe Lincoln's Top Hat, hosted by Ben Kissel. Boom, we can't get fooled again. Turn up your treble. Put your butthole on the speaker. That's how it works, right? That's always how it works. Yeah, spread open your cheeks. Oh, every political talk show podcast starts with that. Oh, my God. Howard Stern was such an innovator. He was. He was an innovator. <laughs> you know, he made people orgasm on air. He did. Oh, my God. All right. Welcome to uh, the show, everyone. I am Ben Kissel. That's Marcus Parks. Hey, hello, Ben. Hello, buddy. This is Abe Lincoln's Top Hat. We just got a short one today. Uh, let's see. So uh, there's been some this this election cycle, right? Yeah. Every time you think it, <laughs> it can't get any like crazier, you hear stories about uh, Ted Cruz and soup. <laughs> what? Did you hear this I one? I heard about the, the soup story. You know, Ted Cruz is having a hell of a time. He just won Colorado. 37 delegates out of there. And people, Trump is really pissed because they didn't do a primary. They didn't do any votes this uh, this cycle. Mm. A year ago, they went to this uh, system, a congressional voting system, where the con- uh, congressional districts choose the delegates. So you go, you get a ground game. If you have a ground game like Ted Cruz has, which is why he's in California right now. Uh, Donald Trump does not have a ground game, no. which is why Cruz was able to win Colorado without a vote being cast. But the rules were the rules a year ago, and everybody knew them. So Donald Trump whining about how the uh, the system is rigged, sounding very Bernie Sanders-esque. As a matter of fact, saying that he agrees with Bernie Sanders when the system being rigged. But when Bernie says it, he has much more truth to it because of the superdelegate problem. Uh, I call it a problem because I believe it is a problem. It is. Uh, in the Democratic Party. But the Republicans, those were the rules. They should, and, and uh, the Trump campaign knew the rules. Anyway, so Donald Trump is just whining, as he always does, and he, uh, it holds no water whatsoever. Ted Cruz and soup. <laughs> what? Okay, so this yeah, is I'm what so, happened. Like, you're sitting there talking about, like, all oh, that's Colorado right. and the superdelegates. I'm like, I want to know about the soup. Alright, so I'll get to the soup. <laughs> so, Ted Cruz married his wife, Heidi, who, by the way, I saw an interview with her she is not nearly as unattractive as the memes make her out to be yeah she's actually kind of for ted cruz (laughs) for uh, keep in mind context for ted cruz pig goblin pig goblin (laughs) she has got two feet from what i can tell two ankles two knees i believe she has some thighs and from what i can tell uh she has all the uh, lady uh, the things that make you a woman the accoutrement that's right 
Two arms, ten fingers. <laughs> I mean, this is amazing that he was able to get wed such a woman. And, of course, she's a very successful uh, banker herself. I believe she works for Goldman Sachs. It she might does. be. No, one she of works for Goldman Sachs. Goldman Sachs. Yeah. So, anyway, so they got married, and they had a really weird honeymoon. And God knows, you know, the dog bowls were out. I have no idea. What kind of, you know, I, I can only imagine Heidi and Ted Cruz had the same kind of sex as the uh, couple from um, People uh, Ch- people Under the Stairs, <laughs> the Wes Craven movie, which is a great, great movie. It's a brother-sister combination who kind of kidnap children from the neighborhood, and uh, man, they have a sex life that is to be envied. I can only imagine the Heidi and Ted have a similar thing going on. He's a gimp. <laughs> it's possible. <laughs> Hardcore political podcast. Definitely a sub. He's not a dom. No, 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 he's no, not no. A She's dom. a dom. No, he's Damn. a dom in real life. He goes on stage, and the whole sexual fetish is that she knows that she does some bizarre thing to him afterwards and reclaims the power in the relationship. And that's the yin and the yang. Yeah, it is. Anyway, so they went on their honeymoon again. God knows what happened there. There was some kitty litter involved, I'm sure. <laughs> and they came back, and this is true. He went. Ted Cruz went to the supermarket. He comes back with 100 cans of Chunky Campbell soup. <laughs> and I don't know why it makes it creepier that it's Chunky Campbell soup as opposed to just, you know, whatever. Regular. <clears throat> Regular. Yeah, he just got the Chunky. So she was pissed. Yeah, why did he come? I, but, I don't know. I mean, I got to say, in Ted Cruz's defense, I love soup. It's like $500 worth of soup, though. Might have been a sale. <laughs> That's the only thing I could think. It's, it was a buy two, get two free or whatever kind. Because Campbell's will throw some weird sales out there. Even $100 worth of soup is well, odd, to say the least. It is. It's it's strange. It's economical, though. <laughs> and I mean, I love soup. I never get sick of soup. Yeah, I love soup, too. I mean, it's that's soup. What, I love bunker food. <laughs> Honestly, any bunker, like my, did I ever tell you that? So after Y2K, in the year 2000, after, after it went from 1999 to the year 2000, everyone thought the world was going to end because of a computer glitch. And my parents bought so much data damn beef stew. Oh, yeah. I was just eating. I ate it. <laughs> oh, yeah, so you guys had to eat it I all. Ate it December, <laughs> I ate it December 30th, 1999. I wasn't waiting. <laughs> Not at all. I loved it. God, I love bunker food. It's great. I'm like, bring it on. I watched that show. Um, what's the, uh, what the hell? Extreme Preppers? Yeah, Extreme Preppers. Prep- Man, yeah. they're eating good. <laughs> I'm just I'm so jealous. Just- anyway. So he got the 100 cans of soup. She was super pissed off at him. And then she said we had to have a tough conversation about it. But I feel like... A tough conversation? Let's just say don't buy so much soup. That's an easy... (laughs) Eat the soup! (laughs) So... I say don't buy too much soup. Don't buy so much soup, Ted. We're married now. We can't eat soup all the time. But soup. (laughs) But the soup is so good. So long story short, and this is, keep in mind, this is the interview that Heidi and Ted did together to make themselves look like a normal couple. Yeah. And every time these, they're obviously an abnormal couple. Anyone who runs for the presidency of the United States is an abnormal personality. So whenever they try to pretend to be a normal person, and we'll talk about Hillary and her great comedy skit with Bill de Blasio in a second, her attempt at humor and an attempt to be a normal person, it always backfires. Always. So they're in a conversation, and Heidi says, so we had a tough conversation about the soup, and so you can only imagine, he was like, (laughs) do I put my gimp outfit on for the conversation, Heidi? (laughs) 
and I'm sure he did. Next morning, this is where I I would be upset if I was Ted. She packs up the soup in the car and returns it. Yeah. She returned 100 cans of soup. What's crazier? <laughs> I think buying the soup, returning the soup is a reasonable thing to and do. And what supermarket yeah. takes it back? <laughs> you you would know if you, you buy soup, soup, you can return cans. You buy soup, you <laughs> keep the soup. If I was a supermarket, I would be like, absolutely not. We had the best soup sale day of all time. We knew it was too good to last. We knew it couldn't be true. We knew there was going to be a new wife returning it the next day. But but no! Oh, I can imagine. Keep the soup in your car and bring it home to your weird husband. <laughs> it's terrifying. So then as she returns the soup, Ted comes home. He's livid about the, the soup. Oh, he, she didn't tell him? She didn't tell him. <laughs> no, she just took it away from him. She didn't even leave one can. You know, return 98 cans of soup. Not Two cans of soup is good. 95. I'd say return 95. Give yeah, him five can cans of soup. Yeah, five cans of soup. That's a normal amount of soup. <laughs> I think 100 cans is kind of, It's not that abnormal. I don't think so. It's extremely abnormal. I just it's, It was on sale. For just Tuesday? I don't know. I mean, you're not going to eat it in one sitting. <laughs> I'm not, maybe fill the bathtub with it, and you're the chicken. <laughs> But did they ever say what the conversation? What what happened? What happened when she came back? <laughs> he wasn't happy. Well, what, what what? So what happened after that? They learned a hard lesson. <laughs> she said she was regret. She was. She said she called her sister, and she was like, "Did I make a mistake?" And I think that her sister took Ted's side and said that she did because she had to tell him that she was returning the soup. Maybe I have that side of the story wrong. I don't know. But I, either way, I mean, I think that you know, if someone goes out and buys a hundred cans of soup. And then they go to sleep, and there's 100 cans of soup in the, in the cabinet. And then they wake up, oh, I think I'll have soup. And they go to the cabinet, and there's that one damn can of soup. I don't understand. I mean, I would be upset. I'd be upset too. I mean, the the really the I would say the it's ad- obvious that he wanted soup. The advice that I would give is that you talk about the soup before you return it, and then you reach a compromise. I think if they would have talked about it. Ted Cruz, he would have ended up with 20 cans of soup, at least 20 cans of soup. <laughs> For crying out loud, there was a hundred cans. I mean, anyway, twenty cans is. I mean, it's weird, but it's reasonable. It is reason. Well, twenty, yeah, it, it, that twenty cans is. Weird. I mean, a hundred <laughs> takes it to a level of just like maybe he knows something we don't. If you ever see somebody with a hundred cans of soup, follow them. Where are they going? What do they know? When's it all gonna end? That's what the people people who eat soup they get it. They get it. Henry from last podcast on the left, he's going to go soup as soon as he starts buying soup. <laughs> what do you know? Where are the answers? <laughs> Always follow the soup. Always. Anyway, and then Ted Cruz. So this has been a weird week for him because he's getting a lot more exposure about his personality. We're finding out more about him. Apparently, he was against a dildo uh, law in Texas. He said that his his firm argued that people don't have a constitutional right to diddle. Yeah, uh, which is. I mean, that, this is where conservatives are so insane, they pretend to be small government, and they literally get involved in your cock and balls and your clit, which is about as invasive as a government can be. Yes, absolutely. More invasive than a doctor, you know? And it's awful. And uh, and uh, then it comes out that he had a college roommate, and I don't like this college roommate, because all of a sudden, he's he's a Hollywood producer. I think he's made some crappy uh, movies. But he's his claim to fame is being Ted Cruz's roommate in college, mm. and now he's just coming out and saying all these you know ridiculous stories about how Ted Cruz was just a serial masturbator. So what I learned is he's a serial masturbator. <laughs> I don't like the against diddling thing, but I like soup. Two out of three ain't bad. 
This, for me, this is a winning week for Cruz. Yeah, you think so? I like him more because he was the creepy guy in college who was eating soup and jerking off. Of course he grew up to be the politician who was signing an anti-dildo law. Of course. You know, don't you? I mean, isn't that perfect? It makes perfect sense. Yeah, it really does. Him face down, sitting at his desk, face down in a fucking bowl of chicken noodle trying yep. to come before he drowns. Exactly. Oh, my God. <laughs> If I put bubbles in the broth, it's like dumplings with air. They call them air dumplings. So that's Ted Cruz's week. And, uh, yeah, but in, yeah, in su- sort of serious political news, he won Colorado. Yeah. And, but he's down. You know, he, uh, Donald Trump is at 54%. Ted Cruz is way back in third place in New York City or New York State. And, uh, and Kasich is second. And Kasich could be doing well because you got states like Colorado and Delaware coming up, which might help him. Those northeastern states, he might do better in. Um, but and speak, John Kasich, he's going crazy, too, with food. Have you seen him eat? No. What's wrong with these people? You just got to, after the show or if, for those listening, just YouTube John Kasich eats and just watch <laughs> him try to do it. <laughs> It's so weird. Does he like eat like a bird or something? It's like his fingers don't know how to hold the food. <laughs> so it, it, it is really weird. And then it, he's never getting it all in. <laughs> it's, it's, and he continues to do these photo ops with food mm-hmm. to try to make up for the bad one where he cut the pizza with a knife, which is such a cliche, stupid thing. I have no problem with pizza, pizza being cut with a knife. Sometimes it's hot. Yeah. And, you know... Some, a good deep dish, you can use a, a knife with that. Was it a deep dish? It was not. It was a thin crust. Okay. But it was a hot one. <laughs> All right. I'll but anyway, so that's that. Um, I, you know, these politics, uh, this is crazy. But Donald Trump, it is interesting to see now. His uh, This is where the, the, uh, the, the cracks in his campaign are really coming to light here when it comes to his lack of a ground game. Again, he's only been a politician for under a year. His kids can't even vote for him because they didn't register in time, which is just a, it's a symbolic. Well, it's not symbolic, but it, it, it reflects uh, it reflects on the problems that all of us uh, thought he might have in the future running a 50 state campaign. It's very difficult. And the, the nuances of getting on these ballots and and picking up the delegates, it's just it's boring as hell. Yeah. And it's not something that Donald Trump would care to do no and i think that the, the fact that that his kids did not register to vote that's which, definitely which is tough a year in order to switch parties it takes a year in new york but i think that's that's a lot oh no not at all you can switch up you were able to switch party affiliations up until i think late march here in new york State. oh i don't know that was, I think there was, that was a, the year no no there was a huge push for people to to switch from independent uh, over to democrat uh yeah. here in new york city so they they but uh on the other hand i've been seeing a ton of people that did that uh and it did not either didn't go through uh or mm. they ignored it altogether there's a lot and that could be mm. that there were so many people all at once trying to do the registration switch uh and there just yep. weren't enough people there to uh, to handle it but that also shows uh that that shows a lack of preparation on the democratic party they knew that that was coming they knew that that was going to happen they just don't care i think for the republicans it had to be a year ago yeah it might have been i know for the democrats um, you could switch it so, yeah. So, anyway. So, that's happening over there with Trump. I'm so sick of talking about Donald Trump. Now Ugh. he's just whining a whole bunch. And it's a guaranteed contested convention. And oh, God yeah. knows what will happen. We can predict until we're blue in the face. Yeah. But it doesn't matter. All right. So, let's switch over quickly to the Democrats. Bernie had a rally in New York City. 27,000 people showed up. Yeah. 
It was amazing. I walked by it. I was like, I mean, people are like painting their faces. It looked, it looked like a college football game. Yeah. And uh, so Bernie did that in New York this week. Hillary Clinton was in New York this week Ooh. also, and she went to one of her insider conventions. One of her, uh, I forget what it's called. It's um, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a. Basically, it's just like New York's version of Bohemian Grove, but everyone's clothed. <laughs> hey, Henry Zabrowski did it once. Did he really? He actually did. He did it a couple of years ago. It's an insider's, it's just an insider's meeting, you mm-hmm. know, and it was with the star of Hamilton, this great Broadway show. I'm told I have to go. Yeah, I'm told that too. But you know what? Hamilton probably wouldn't have liked it. <laughs> so I'm not going. You imagine if Alexander Hamilton gets into a time machine and he comes back, oh, there's a play about me on Broadway. Holy hell. <laughs> he would be livid. He would be. Yeah, anyway. So uh, so Hillary is up there with Bill de Blasio, as awkward as it can be, because mm. their relationship is strained. For those that don't remember, Bill is the one who ran Hillary's uh, Senate campaign in, in, the, in the early 2000s. And really, Bill is also indebted forever to the Clintons for making him the, uh, the superstar in liberal politics Ugh. that he is today. And uh, de Blasio, did, he waited as long as he possibly could to endorse Hillary, saying that he wants to see her platform, uh, policy platform, and uh, he wants her to be more liberal and things like that. So they're on stage together, and uh, they're, they're trying to pull off a joke. And Hillary, she's a regular Lisa Lampanelli. <laughs> oh, my God. She is, she's a charmer. Ha, 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 ha. <laughs> she, she, my goodness. <laughs> Lisa Lampanelli, she used to be fat, then she got really skinny, and now she's a Kissel. She's just kind of in between. I saw her the other day. She's an in-betweener. So the joke was about how, uh, you know, how, how de Blasio took forever to, 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 uh, to endorse Hillary, and he says, I was on CP time, mm-hmm. which is, co- which is uh, uh, what, an acronym? Uh, no, no, Not an ac- acronym. What's it called? Yeah, just a... Uh- it's like a lull <laughs> or a raffle shorthand for colored person to colored people time, which that's a term. That's an old term. Huh? Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. So then the guy from Hamilton says, I don't like that very much. And, and then it's all part of the joke. And then Hillary just right off cue was said, uh, um, she said, oh, my God, uh, cautious politician time. And then the audience was just <laughs> kind of weird. <laughs> then the audience was strange, too. Oh, yeah, well, the audience, uh, I'm sure every single one of them thought, oh, this ain't good. No, that's oh, not yeah. good. <laughs> Whoever approved that script, Sherlane was not happy. Sherlane de Blasio. Oh, I'm sure no. she wasn't happy. Or maybe she was the one who came up with the idea. Who the hell knows? Yeah, it, it's a very, it was a very bad decision. On It had to go through a lot of different channels uh, for them to go ahead and say, like, oh, yeah, let's go ahead and do this. Let's go ahead. Well, yeah. I mean, this is, I mean, keep Did in you mind- think that it would endear her to black voters? Because she uh, is battling, like, that's the whole thing, is that she is battling for black voters right now, especially yeah. here in New York. Well, and especially especially on the heels of what happened with Bill Clinton when he was giving his speech defending her comments on how blacks are super predators and uh, do you did you see this what's that bill so bill clinton oh, that. Yeah. Yeah. oh boy that bill clinton's bad. doing giving a press conference not a press conference giving a stump speech uh, obviously for hillary and uh, he was talking defending the 1994 uh, crime bill, and he was talking about how they got blacks off the streets who were selling crack to kids, recruiting 13-year-olds to sell crack to other kids. He defended the super predator line. Basically, like we know, and we've beat this to death, when uh, we know for a fact the prison population doubled underneath the, uh, under the Clinton campaign. So he's in front of black people who started to protest. He defended the, uh, de- defended the bill. 
and uh, I mean, really started screaming at these people, and he's had to backtrack it ever since. I mean, he is not helping Hillary whatsoever. So that happens, and then the colored person line joke uh, happens. So the uh, the disconnect is really starting to become extremely aware. Uh, people are becoming aware of the disconnect between the Clintons and actual black uh, the black community, not just the black elites that have gotten people to the polls to vote for them. Well, I see it. Uh, I see the divide in my neighborhood uh, where I live. I live in Bed-Stuy, which is one of the blackest neighborhoods in all of America. Uh, and the, I mean, you'll see, it'll be like Hillary, Bernie, Hillary, Bernie. The signs yeah. that people have out like the, the, the businesses, the signs the businesses have in the windows, the signs that people have uh, out in front of their uh, apartment or out in front of their brownstones. It really is. There, There's a split. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and it, it's uh, really like, you know, Hillary Clinton is just really fucking this up bad. Hillary was up 70 points in New York, and now she's only up 10. So it's 52-42 in favor of Hillary right now. Obviously, April 19th will be the New York primary. So Bernie is making up a lot of, uh, you know, he's making up a lot of ground. Um, but again, it's difficult for Bernie. Uh, he would have to get around 60% of the delegates uh, of the vote from here on out in order to stop Hillary from reaching the delegate count that she needs to, to get the nomination. So even if he is able to squeak out a, a, a small victory or if he loses by a, a reasonable, a reasonably small margin and has a moral victory, it's still going to be really hard for him uh, going forward. But it does give him, you know, a reason to, uh, to can stay in the race and continue to pull Hillary to the left which might uh, end up hurting her in the general, depending on how far left she has to go. Although I don't think it hurts as much as it, t- it does Republicans who get pulled to the right, because I think we live in a center-left country for the most part now. If you just look at look at the Pope, <laughs> and if you look at the way the world goes, it tends to be Western superpowers are just leaning left uh, at this point in history. So yeah, that is the way it is. Yeah, and I think that uh, I think what we're going to have here in New York City, or what New York City in New York State, we both made that mistake already. Well, um, I mean, New York City, if you're, in, I actually feel bad for the people upstate <laughs> because it's a don't even you don't matter yeah, yeah. i mean and i don't say that in, in reality but in a, but in a voting uh in a in a, uh, in a uh, state election i mean yeah new york city really carries a lot of weight yeah it really does uh, i think we're gonna see a repeat of michigan here i think the pollsters mm. are gonna be wrong because i think a lot of the we'll people see. i think a lot of people that the pollsters are going to are not the same people that are gonna come out to vote like how many yeah. people do you think we'll of that see. rally last night uh have been polled you know, and how many people wanted to go but couldn't go? Uh, sure. How many people were on the edges that said, like, God damn, I can't even see him. I'm going to go get a drink. And, you know, there's yeah. plenty of people that are not accounted for in these polls. And I think New York City is going to prove to be a big upset for Bernie. Yeah, and, you know, New York City has such a uh, bizarre uh, influx of, uh, of residents on a regular basis. If they were able to register, I think the disenfranchisement might be... Uh, high. It's going to be extremely um, high. It's already high. There are a lot of independents from outside the states, and I bel- I'm fairly certain that this is a, uh, I'm 100% certain this is a closed primary for both parties. Mm-hmm. You have to it be is. a registered Democrat or a registered Republican. They, they try to wedge out us independents, which drives me absolutely insane. Yeah, I, drives me crazy, too. I was talking to uh, Chris Hahn, who was a Democratic strategist, and he is like, it's it's one of these bizarre things where I am for voter ID laws. I don't think it's that bad to have to show a, a piece of ID when you go vote. You have to show ID when you do anything. I understand that it's a constitutional right to vote, although it took quite a long time for everyone to have that constitutional right. But I am, I'm actually not against that, but I am against closed primaries uh, because I feel like it disenfranchises 60% of the country that's independent. Yeah. So this is where that's, again, I'm in the middle. Yeah. Hello. Okay. Um <laughs> But anyway, so uh, April 19th, that is next Tuesday, that'll be the New York primary. That's the big day. Uh, We'll see if Bernie 
uh, can catch up, and we'll see if Trump's whole uh, uh, you know status as a front runner holds because he just looks absolutely awful with this whining and talking about how the system is rigged and and, and whatnot. He just looks like a sore loser. You know when when um when when Ted Cruz won Wisconsin. Trump didn't even give a concession speech. He just wrote a, a very hastily written uh, memo. Yeah. You know, I mean, he just comes across like a total prick. And, uh, you know, as we've said, as I've always said, you can judge a character by, uh, you know, you can really judge character uh, of a person, judge the character of a person when they lose. Yeah. And uh, he just has, he doesn't, he cannot deal with it. No, he absolutely can't. And it- most of most of being the president is losing. Yeah. It's you losing. win very rarely. Yeah. Anyway, that is what it is. So, uh, all right. So, yeah, we'll we'll talk to you all soon here. Marcus, any personal things we should talk about? Any personal things? Anything personal. We know we love soup. <laughs> That's good. Oh, uh, I'm happy. I'm, you're happy? I'm happy. All right. I'm a happy boy. That's good. Yeah. CCR is doing well. I was looking at the iTunes thing uh, list there. Uh, that was great. Last podcast is crushing it. Roundtable was in the top 100. Top Hat, top 100. That's amazing. Yeah. And we're, I mean, there's so many shows. There's like seven or eight shows uh, in the top 200 regularly. I it, mean. It's amazing. This whole uh, DIY thing. Yeah, because, I mean, mm. that's the thing is that we wouldn't, couldn't, wouldn't be able to do it without you guys because uh, Cave Comedy Radio, uh, we've never got, like, we've got the, the most minimal of press. Uh, yeah. This is, all of this is word of mouth. All of our success here at Cave Comedy Radio, it's all DIY, it's all word of mouth, uh, and you know, we've worked really fucking hard over the last few years, and we're not quite there yet, but god damn it, we're getting there, man. We're and getting it's all there. You. Um, that's right. So go out there, buy a hundred cans of soup. Don't forget, <laughs> follow the soup. That's big. There's a debate. Uh, let's see, the Dem debate is going to be uh, tonight, tonight, April 14th. So this will come out today, I believe. So yep. anyway, check that out. We'll see. Hillary tends to do well in the debates, so we'll see if she can rebound from her uh, terrible jokes, and we'll see if if, if Bernie can can uh, get en- uh, energized by his uh, by by the crowds that came out to see him speak this week in beautiful New York City. Yeah. All right, everyone. Uh, thanks so much for supporting all the shows here. Find Marcus on Twitter at Marcus Parks. Listen to his show, The Lucky Bone Show. Mm-hmm. Find him on Instagram at Marcus Parks. And uh, we're doing face swap now. Oh, I so love I, face swap. I yeah. put a picture on uh, the last <laughs> podcast on the left page where my I had tongue for eyes. <laughs> so that was kind of fun. Yeah, I'm doing face. I'm really enjoying doing face swaps with uh, album covers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're getting a lot of pictures. Mar- Henry and I are getting a lot of Marcus's pictures. <laughs> it's exciting. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Ben Kissel and uh, and join the uh, Abe Lincoln's Top Hat Facebook group. Um, all right, everyone. We'll talk to you soon. For more shows like the one you just listened to, go to cavecomedyradio.com. Hi, Max. I wanted to share something with you. I wanted to tell you how grateful I am on how you've embraced your sobriety since day one. I'm grateful for how you changed your life. I'm grateful for the love you have for me. I'm grateful for you. Love, Mom. If your loved one is still struggling with addiction, you might not feel like you'll ever get to grateful. But we can show you how. At Karen, we've helped families overcome addiction for 70 years. So if your loved one is ready for something different, visit caron.org slash lost. Can you remember a time when you thought someone you disagreed with might actually be right? In the new podcast, You Might Be Right, former Tennessee governors Bill Haslam and Phil Bredesen pose that question to guests like Paul Ryan, Al Gore, 
and Judy Woodruff come for the stories, stay for the substance and expert insights into some of the most challenging issues facing the country, including affordable housing, crime, and education. Listen to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee, available wherever you get your podcasts.